Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Ingerman, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave. And I'm Renee Barabo, and this is Sami Barabo. And she wanted to be a part of our new talk that we're having today about holding the light, being the light, and how you really show up in your life as a container for the work you do. Yeah, one of the shadow sides, and and I think pretty much anybody who's been on a spiritual path for a while knows this one, is that in our culture, you know, because we have technology and because we, we have certain safeties from being exposed to the environment and what we can do and how we can take care of ourselves, sometimes what people did actually to survive and to thrive was a way of life for them, how they moved and how they spoke and how they thought, how they daydreamed, um, because all of that um, involved uh, bridging the invisible realms into the visible. And life in a shamanic culture without technology is all about being able to fully integrate the invisible into the visible because that's where the magic is when you can walk in two worlds at the same time. And so practices that were taught to children, whether they were physical exercise practices or, as I said, the words um, that we use, the thoughts that we have, the daydreams that we have, our feelings about our community and our ancestors and ourselves, those were things that were worked with throughout the day so that it wasn't like this was school time or this was uh, spiritual work time, and now this was real work time. It didn't exist. And, in the, and it had to be like that. Life had to be. How do you survive if you, if you separate um, the worlds like that? You know, just think about it, reflect on that a little bit. And so, but in our world, in a modern day culture, we have technology, and the bad habit that we have gotten into that I think I have written in every one of my books is that we split up our physical, ordinary life from our spiritual life. So we do our yoga, our tai chi, our meditation in the morning, our shamanic journeying in the morning, and then we get in our car and start honking our horn and screaming at the person in front of us or we start screaming at the line at the grocery store because you didn't want a, a line to get into the grocery store. That's not living the work. That's where you did a practice in the morning and you cut off the energy of that and it didn't have an impact on you and it didn't have an impact on your community and it didn't have an impact on the world. Mm. It just reminded me of how mad I got at the car dealer, you know, when they mischarged me for something and then I had to call Chase and I had to call the Subaru and I'm like on and on and on. And I could see, you know, does our, do we have the right to get more spiritual, uh, our spiritual condition and go out the window when it takes longer 
that's a really, it's a really good thought is like, how long can we, you know, I can hold space when I'm getting what I want, but I don't hold space so well when I'm not getting for myself and then inconvenience me a little bit longer. And then to see how that space holding looks. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, you know, cause of my health, I've been doing a lot of detox and, the people who are getting me, whether it's out in the world and an errand, I don't go out much, but we all have to go out, you know, sometimes for errands. Um, or the student who gets me on an email and, you know, I have this toxic energy in my body that's trying to come out, you know, and it comes out in all the worst ways. And, and but you know the thing is is that when you practice enough you can actually recognize what you're doing and you can stop mid-track and um and that's the point is can you stop mid-track and if you can't are you willing to reflect you there yeah, um, something came up on my screen. Sorry. From <laughs> um, Adobe Acrobat wanted to know if if I wanted it to be uninstalled from my See? computer. You no, know? it's this is how life is. Something came up on the screen. I know. You, know, you were having a really nice spiritual experience, and something comes up on our screen. Exactly. So, (laughs) so, you know, what my helping spirit said to me is more, don't kick yourself about not being the work. You know, if you're not, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I spend, you know, most of my time alone. And so I work through, I transmute, you know, I'll give you some exercises when we end. And, um, you know, I'm pretty good, but I blow it. And when I do blow it, my helping spirits are real clear. Don't kick yourself because then you're not living the work because you just hurt yourself. And that's really not living the work. Just reflect on, on what could you have done differently. Just reflect at the end of your day. And that's actually a really good practice is at the end of the day before you go to sleep, if you can remain neutral, you got to remain neutral. If you're a person who just wants more reasons not to like yourself, then don't do this exercise because the time we're living in is about loving yourself. That's the time where because you're not going to learn how to love anything until you learn how to love yourself. So that's lesson number one. So if you're willing to love yourself at night, reflect on your day and reflect on how you could have been the work um, instead of separating it from an experience you had um, earlier at another time in the week. And, you know, it's it's exactly like the other show that we did where you have to start a discipline. You start with one small thing and then all of a sudden it becomes habit and you have a new discipline. And and, and being able to own up when you've made a mistake is, is a huge thing. 
You know, I learned that in AA when I worked the 12 steps and I had to fly 3,000 miles to make all of the amends for people that I had harmed. And but and doing that, it made me a little bit more reluctant to, to making those same kind of um, infringements on other people's lives. Uh, you know, so I thought twice about having to clean it all up again. But, you know, we do do that. And and one of the things that I've realized about myself is that saying I'm wrong is a vulnerable act of vulnerability. You know, you, you put yourself out there and somebody can like, you know, really say, yeah, that really wasn't really cool. Or somehow you make yourself vulnerable with your partner or something like that. And so it's a real matter of strength to be able to acknowledge that, wow, I could have probably done that just a little bit better. Um, and and so that for me has been a real key. And, and even in the work situation, you know, we we try to hide ourselves so people don't see, oh, I made a mistake. Well, the truth is, is we all make mistakes. I've been I'm working now for two young men and I've kind of been watching them as they make their own mistakes. And when you really get to a place where you don't have to fix somebody else's from saving somebody else from making that mistake, because I think of all the people who's the dignity of their own bottom that I denied them from by catching them right before they landed hard. And so I think that hard, soft land and being enough, willing enough and vulnerable enough to say, gee whiz, I just really blew my cool with you. Is 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 the act of being more awake? Absolutely. Um, that's all part of a spiritual practice. Is um, is doing the spiritual practices that we know can help people um, and can help ourselves, but we also have to also learn how to say I'm sorry when I made an error, you know, and, um, and, you know, these are all important things for us to really get because we, life has moved so fast, the pace that things are going, we, we have to slow it down. If, if, if you're actually interested in staying on this planet, then find some ways to slow your life down because the pace is just going too fast. And what happens is the faster things go, the more people there are on the planet, um, the more triggers there are for us. And so we have to develop practices where um, our triggers don't rule our lives. And if they do, we make amends but where our triggers don't rule our life. And, and that's the key that we really have to get to. And that's what it means to live the work. Um, it's not like, ooh, I haven't taken a walk in nature for two months. I have to go out because huh, I, somebody told me it's part of a spiritual practice or it's good for you. So I guess I'll go to the park. That's not living the work. You know, living the work is, oh, now it's my time to, to regenerate and and um, absorb the rays of the sun or absorb the rays of the moon and go out to a park and, and sing, you know, um, 
that we want that to become part of your life so that you're not writing us in topics. How do you do that? That has to become part of your life for health to return to you and for health to return to the planet. And and I I am so... I think when I first started doing my nightly wind walks, it was like, okay, I got to go do that. And now it's like, it's just part of who I am. It's just, there's no, you know, like even a friend called the other day, well, you can still have time for your walk. You know what I mean? Like after the call, like that, I needed that kind of extra boost. And there was a point where there's certain things that are like that, but the walk has become so important. In fact, when I was up North, well, I'm going to be up north when this is playing. So the, the walks are going to even be better because there's more trees and there's a beach at the other side of it. And But the, the, the walks in the desert were just as important, too. I can't believe that I'm saying that. Oh, I'm going to be there. <laughs> Congratulations, Renee. I know how much you love that space. So I'm really, really happy for you. And And yeah, that's been one of my sadnesses about the COVID is um, um, I did travel for um, way too much, 300 days a year. When I say that, I really mean it. And so I never had to miss a landscape because I was all over the world every year. And so I had gorgeous oceans and rivers and lakes and forests um, and mountainsides and, you know, to walk through. And I live in the desert and I love Santa Fe. I've been here for over 30 years. This is my spiritual home. I have no plans to leave, but it's interesting how, um, you know, what I get to experience is a landscape. Um, And I know people are watching a lot of virtual um, views of the world right now. And I think that's lovely. I, I think I might start that once I, right now, I'm just when I'm not doing a podcast or a summit, I I literally am just staring out at nature um, and resting. I'm just resting um, myself and finding that really, really deep place of healing in me so that I can continue to live the work. And you can't live the work if you're too stressed out. So that's another key um, is, is learning how to slow down. Yeah. Watch your cap. <laughs> take a little nap and, you know, take a little cat nap. And, you know, we are still, if you're in the Northern hemisphere, it's in the, we're in the darkest period and it's, it's dark on so many levels because not only is it the winter solstice, you know, summer solstice where you are, but, um, but it's also the winter solstice of our civilization and our humanity. And so we're really at this place where, um, you know, we're, we're moving into a, a time of things. I think that this whole slowdown with the COVID was to reset our clock, to reset our humanity's clock. Cause I think we, we sped up so fast that we were moving way, way faster than really we were designed to. And so 
think about as humanity's taking a rest, humanity's stepping into this darkness to germinate new seeds. And when you look at it, when you're, I love when Sandra talks about that we've been on the 4 billion years. This is just a little snip, a little breath in the, in the scheme of things. So if we, we are locked down for two years with this virus or learning to it, it's not that we're locked down for two years with a virus. We're, we're in learning to interpret our world that we've connected so interconnected that we are learning how to interpret ourselves with this new experience. Not going yeah, away. I think, new experience. I think we have an opportunity to shift consciousness mm-hmm. in big time. But it's like the to me the COVID was like a parent who sent everybody to their room and said <laughs> COVID in and start to reflect on how you've been living your life. And one of the things I realized, you know, as I'm trying to improve my health and I'm very diet conscious anyway, but um, as I've been trying to improve my health, I, I said to my husband yesterday, I said, you know, I was so healthy when I just ate junk food all the time. Maybe I should go back to that. And, and then I had this realization that because I ate junk food all the time, I mean, literally all the time. I was raised on junk food. Um, uh, my mother was the ultimate chocolate addict and that we had as much chocolate as we wanted in our household. Um, and, and then, you know, I think about all the drugs I took in the 60s, all, all I put myself through living in the Haight-Ashbury, um, 300 days on the road a year. And I started to think, how could you not see that you trashed your body? (laughs) And we trashed the earth. And the earth is having a hard time supporting our health right now. My body is having a hard time supporting my health right now. We trashed both. We're, We're just a microcosm of what's going on out there. So for me, the point is the more that you can take whatever time of the lockdown to go within, you will actually find that there's another dimension of reality that you can just slip through when you find the silence and the peace and you spend some time in nature and you live the work There's a doorway. There is a doorway. There's another consciousness that you can step into. And it's not hard to find the doorway, but you have to go within. The doorway is within. It doesn't exist without. Mm -hmm. And when you go within, you live the work. And when you come out from going within, from going within, you you hold that a little bit longer. You know, we don't hold it forever, but we hold it a little bit longer. And then we go back within again and we learn how to hold it even a little bit longer. And that's what life is about, learning, evolving, learning the true meaning of love, starting with yourself. Um, And you know, we're getting some really big lessons. And what I've learned and what I shared in another show 
was now I can see the hardest lessons were a training program um, to help me thrive through the times that we're in right now. Well, right now, and I'm in the middle of holding the light with the, the wind clan for the, for the solstice. And that always reminds me every year that there's strength in community that the day that I feel weak, I can always feel somebody else's light burning. And so for those of you who are struggling right now at this time in your life, where is your community? Where is the light being held for you? And like on that day that you can't light your candle, who's got the candle lit for you? And I think that that's this, we've become so self-reliant that we forgot that where the support is, is really comes in when there's a few people that we can really trust who really know us and will really call us on our shit when we're, when we're not heading in the right direction. Who does that for you? Ask. This is a good time to, to reflect on that. Who is your community? Yeah, I, I taught, I just finished teaching a course called The Dark Night of the Soul. And I talked about that it was like going on a quest um, because it is. It was going on a quest for your spirit that would lead to your inner light um, after your walk through the dark night of the soul. And so I gave everybody in the class the assignment of telling somebody in their life what they were doing and asking them to light a candle for them every day that they were in the course. Um, and just being there to hold the space, not trying to help, um, but just holding the space. And that was really powerful for people. And I said to people, if you don't have a person, you can ask, because unfortunately, in my shamanism courses, well, I think it's true everywhere. Um, some people have community and some people don't. And some people don't know how to create community and nature is always a great way to uh, create community. So I also had everybody find a tree before the class that was holding space for them for the whole nine weeks. And then after the nine weeks to go back to the tree and thank the tree for holding the space. So if you can't find a person, there's a nature being who will hold the space for you. That's right. We did that same thing with the wind. We pulled the wind for every month last year. You know, the people who go in and the, do the apprenticeship work with me. And my wind for December was the doldrums, which means no wind. And, you know, we like to think, I think, oh, what a peaceful spot. I used to think, oh, nothing's going to happen down there. Oh, what a peaceful spot. So we're going to, and I'm, I'm Sandra hasn't heard this yet, but... <laughs> Next week is our last show of the year. So why don't we make the next show a ceremony, Sandra, for the new year? Like I'll do a wind reading and you can do a journey and we'll, we'll bring in the new year in a, in a new way, which will create our last two shows have been about quiet and, and walking in, in, in the light that you are. And maybe we'll, we'll do a journey to see what that would really look like for for the, the year ahead, and we'll pull a win for next year, too. Yeah, I have two ceremonies I can think of right now that are um, that are wonderful ceremonies to bring in the new year. <laughs> awesome. Well, good. And um, 
we kind of run to our time here. So make sure you like us over at uh, YouTube, subscribe, share, come over to the shamanstv.com and sign up to get our newsletter. And we only really send about that and whatever else Sandra and I have going on in that given week. And uh, what else, Sandra? Well, you know, we just really want to thank you um, mm-hmm. because you've been, um, you've been, uh, you've really shared quite a bit on the Shaman's Cave Facebook page, which is really beautiful. You're doing really uh, beautiful work. We're getting emails um, thanking us and that for some of you, we are the lifeline that you're actually holding on to right now. And um, so I just really want to say blessings to all of you. And I, Renee knows this, I have an issue of spreading myself too thin. And so I do pray for everybody who works with me. And so you're all included in my prayers, just for you to know, as we're moving into a new year and the highs and lows will continue because that's nature. But there's always going to be the shaman's cave holding the space for you. So many blessings and much love to you.